Hello and welcome to another Quarian stream. I'm your host, Joe Magician, and today we'll be talking about the apparently controversial castings announced for House of the Dragon. That is, of course, Matt Smith for Damon the Rogue Prince Targaryen, Emma Darcy for Rhaenyra the Realm's Delight, Olivia Cook for Alicent Hightower, the Dowager Queen. She also has a nickname called, like, the Queen in Chains. I guess that's when after she was arrested during the dance. Doesn't seem like a good, uh, good nickname. Um, doesn't look like the, the chat is really working. I'm guessing it's just gonna fly ahead again. I'm looking at it and, oh no, it's actually kind of keeping up with YouTube, that's okay. Um, and of course, Patty Considine for Viserys I, The Young King. Earlier today, some of you may have watched it or, um, been with me when it premiered. Uh, I released a video talking about this casting. Uh, I put the link in the description. And this will be more of a, um conversational stream kind of q a style rather than my normal two hour uh lecture style content which is what i tend to do um spooky woodwinds i'm just gonna change it every time spooky recorder spooky flute oh actually the new music does have more instruments in it um and as usual if you're enjoying my channel and content i encourage you to slam that like button leave a comment subscribe and hit that bell button for notifications uh the youtube algorithm is a ravenous beast that demands inputs and doing those things helps me out a lot and if you want to help me out a little bit more there's always super chats and paypal uh danny mckay already sent in a paypal uh said happy holidays thank you danny um, uh, there's links in the sidebar. I pinned it to the very top and super chats are just at the bottom. Um, and of course, Patreon at patreon.com slash Joe Magician, where you can get access to videos early, uh, exclusive content, access to the amazing patron slack and much more. Actually, there's the second video going up today. The five year gap one patrons, Archmaesters and up have already seen it. So, um, that was a short one. That one's only five minutes. It's supposed to, it. That's going to be, um, it's kind of a companion video because I get tired of explaining the five-year gap in my videos. So I said, why don't you just make like one extra video that's just about the five-year gap and I'll link to it so people can go watch it. Hey, Aaron M. Um, yes, the YouTube algorithm is a dragon. So I think it's more like the cannibal, but it might be like Balerion. It is a fickle, hungry, hungry beast. Um, including in that exclusive content, you can get my god-awful germ impression, which sounds more like a 1920s gangster from, like, Dick Tracy or something than the actual man from New Jersey. But, you know, that's how it goes. And uh, coming up later today, as I said, my five-year gap explainer will be going up. And later this week will be the long-awaited Tattered Prince theory. Um, as I said, I'm on vacation, so I have a lot more time to work on these things. So two videos so far this week. Look for another one coming. And then um, I could probably get some more done on a uh, Rob Stark one later this week, too. So that would be pretty good. Um, and the upcoming patron only analysis of Gurm's best short story, Sand Kings, after his worst one last time with Meat House Man. Oh, apparently I have good hair today. Thank you. I'm also not wearing my glasses. I put in my contacts because the lights are a little bright. And when I was testing it out, there was tons of glare on the glasses. So this way you can actually see these blues. There you go. <laughs> and of course, if we get to uh, 150 likes, I'll put on the old wizard hat, which is off of my chair. Um, and at 175, we'll put on the old germ hat. So, you know, slam that like button. I really do appreciate it when you do. <laughs> going to be drunk on Joe Magician content. Well, I don't think there's a lot of hangover on that. So if you're going to be drunk on something, that's the choice. Uh, didn't I just have a live stream about this, uh, says Leah. No, I had a video, a 12 minute video. This is going to be more of a more of a Q&A discussion kind of thing. Um, yes, my eyes are very blue. Not as blue as bookshelf studs, uh, two weeks, but yeah. <laughs> yes, luminous rain. There is a five-year gap, or there was for a time, and then there wasn't. It's very, it's very complicated. 
Hey, Mallory. Yeah, Thaddeus Rowan, this is a, uh, a Four Seasons Total Landscaping with a nice gritty on it. I picked it up the night after Rudy Giuliani embarrassed himself. So um, it's my new favorite shirt, at least until the Mallory content shows up. <laughs> what kind of alcoholic drink would a Joe Magician be and what goes into it? Oh, it would be an Irish mule. It would be uh, ginger beer, uh, whiskey or scotch with uh, some lemon or some lime juice. That's a Joe Magician. And actually, speak of the devil, I've been brewing beer. And I don't know if you guys have been watching me on uh, Twitter or Instagram. I made it about a month ago and tomorrow or technically today, today I could go down and check it. It should be done carbonating. So I get to try out some beer that I brewed and see if it kills me or not. The magician's brew, as it were. I haven't named it yet because I don't know if it's uh, I'm hoping it won't kill me. It'd be hard to kill me. It, may, it will probably just be flat, if anything. Um, I had to put in the anyway, it's a Hefeweizen that I I did the initial brew just straight and then the um, as I was bottling it, I added in orange and ginger flavorings to just do some experiments to see how it tastes. Hey, Cody. No, you did not miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I don't go blind, that would suck. I mean, I'm already kind of blind. My eyesight is terrible. So, you know, as, um, as we're doing this stream, um, this is as I said, this is kind of a Q&A thing. I have a few things written down. I have a few questions from Patreon and from Twitter. And um, some comments on the YouTube video, uh, not all of them particularly nice. Some people are very, very upset that I had the audacity to not slam the casting. Um, that's OK. We'll see, Luminous Rain. We'll see. I tried uh, I tried different amounts and different mixing. So I brewed 44 beers and half of them are normal. And then the other half I put in different amounts, like just an alchemist just pouring in little bits. Um, so what do we got here? Uh, there was actually a really good comment on the on the video itself from Andrew K, where actually he went through and predicted what I was going to talk about. Um, maybe he was just following me on Twitter or something like that and saw my threads about it. But basically, yeah, they said all the same things. Um, they say the the casting does seem to suggest House of the Dragon is skewing younger and uh, in the build up to the dance, we may get a couple seasons laying the groundwork and setting the conditions for the conflict rather than jumping in. Yeah, I think that's that's my general perception of what we're seeing, unless they're planning on um, giving Emma and Olivia quite a lot of aging up as the series as the story goes on. I'm expecting it prob to probably be a time jump, especially with the casting of Matt Smith. I mean, when you poach the guy who played Prince Philip, to your show after he did that. I mean, it kind of seems like kind of on the nose that that's what they're doing. Uh, what else did they say? And that, yeah, this is actually one of the times when Damon's at his most interesting. Uh, later in the dance, he's sort of just being, he's being sort of a murderous shithead for a lot of the time um, and saying bad things, allegedly. I mean, that's the problem with it. It's the three different perspectives thing, but supposedly he spent most of his time later in the dance being like just an asset. But early on, he um, like this is when he's conquering the stepstones. This is when he's crowning himself king. This is when um, he's kind of flying around being the actual rogue prince. So that'd be pretty interesting. Um, I'm not sure, Sherlock Weed, about starting at the Great Council. Like maybe that'll be in a flashback. But I was thinking about when I was looking at the casting, uh, Patty Considine is noticeably older than all the other actors. He's 47 at the moment. Um, so and he looks much older. So. Viserys was crowned pretty young in his life. Um, if that's what they're going to do, it may be a flashback with a younger actor, but I don't think they'll start there. He looks like he should be right about the age around. I predicted 106 when he gets remarried. That's really when um, I mean, there's tons of reasons for the dance that all go into it. But like if you're going to present it for a TV audience, the one I would pick would be about 106, the remarriage, 
the splintering with um, Coralie's Falarion, the allying explicitly with the High Towers, um, the drama around then starts between Rhaenyra and Alysanne. So that would be my pick. But um, I do wonder how they're going to introduce the Great Council because it will be important, especially when they're casting Rhaenys, the queen who never was. If she's the queen who never was, you're probably going to have to explain, right? Like why she's not the queen. Um, that that would be that would be my. I, I don't think Patty will be. I don't think they'll be able to age him down enough to make him look like he should at, at the Great Council 101. Although it's only five years off, maybe they will. Um, you never know. Rhaenyra is supposed to be significantly younger though at that time. Hey, Stephanie Frederick. Um, yeah, that's right, Victor. Uh, real history is uh, can be kind of boring, although some parts are really interesting. Like, did, I remember reading once about the, um, there was once a great, not molasses, but there was a bunch of nobles who were meeting somewhere and the floor collapsed and they fell into a cesspool by accident and it like killed off an entire generation of nobles in a kingdom and like significantly changed history. With like that one random thing um no they're they're cast well according to uh illuminati they are casting rainy separate from rhaenyra that she's going to be her own character oh yeah you should look that up it's a wild wild story um i forget it was in a church or a building or something like that floor collapsed killed a whole bunch of very very powerful people and it just ended up being like a power vacuum it was insane that kind of stuff happens that's one of those things where people um like criticize like uh, historical fantasy fiction, which is kind of what A Song of Ice and Fire is. And it's like, oh, this is too wild. This would never happen. Look at real history. Wild shit happens constantly. Yeah, Shockweed. I think the, um, they do have a lot of explaining to do. I'm not even sure if Jaharis will be cast. Maybe. I mean, they did cast Ares II and he was on screen for half a second in a brand flashback. So maybe we will. I'm wondering if we'll get the, um, if they go that far back, we might get Allison and um, in Jaharis interacting. I've always wanted to see that. Oh, I'm sorry. Victor said the opposite. History, yeah, 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 you're right. Oh no, your lights are flickering. That's not great. Um, let's see here. What else did Andrew say? Yeah, basically, it was it was kind of funny reading that comment. He left it um a few hours before the video went live, and I was just like, did I accidentally set this to public? Has he already seen it? Because it was basically what I was gonna say. Um, uh, so one thing just to like get out of the way at the beginning of this. So the, I spent about half the video talking about this, and um also my Twitter thread about it. Um, a lot of the disappointment that's coming from the different castings is um, the characters are not fitting sort of aesthetics or body types that people expect for the characters. And I think it's important to note that when you're when people are casting for big roles like this, they they don't work aesthetics first and then go backwards. They do acting talent first. They already know they've written out the character. They have like they probably have a series Bible or something like that. They have descriptions. They have scripts. They know how they want it to be played. And then they see who hits the marks and the notes that they're looking for. And then they worry about how much they look like what they think the character should look like. You know what I mean? And um, fan casting usually does it the other way. They, they tend to look at like the aesthetics of what the person looks like in other things and then decide from that if that's what the character should look like. Like, there's tons of people that thought that um, Rhaenyra and Damon should be cast as characters, um, actors from Vikings, I think. But, you know, those characters look the way they do largely because of costuming, makeup, and all these other kind of things. It's, um, you can, Hollywood can make basically anyone look like anyone uh, if they feel like it. Like, there's a, there's a comment on the video from um, Patrick Bateman. Wait. The Patrick Bateman. Oh, yeah, it's a picture of Christian Bale. So this guy's a pretty big fan of American Psycho. OK, um, they said in their comment, Damon equals Lee Pace. 
And that's sort of the idea of a lot of people had for Damon, that they wanted sort of the high elven total beauty thing that Lee Pace had in the um the Lord of the Rings, what was it, the um the Hobbit series. But you I think people forget that like Lee Pace looks like that in that movie. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, he looks like Ronin the uh, betrayer. That's the same guy, and you can sort of do the same thing for any of these characters. Um, there's actually a really good video about this. If um, if you go to Maisie Williams's YouTube channel, she has one. She she's put up videos in the past. I think she kind of stopped, but um, she has a video of her and Sophie Turner getting ready for the Emmys. But it's the whole way through. They start in the morning, right when they wake up, and Sophie knocks on the door, and you know they just look like normal people because they are normal people. And then throughout the day, they end up, um, I may have to close my window. Sounds like somebody's running a mower out there. Oh, no, it's not a mower. That would be a snowblower. Hang on a second. I'm going to go do that. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes, Ronan the Accuser. I'm sorry. I uh, got the wrong, wrong adjective for Ronan, but that's the same actor. <laughs> they made him look like a crazy, angry, evil blue guy, and then like maximum Valyrian at the same time. Um... Oh yeah, so if you go and watch that video, it shows Maisie and Sophie going through all throughout their day until they look up like what they did on the red carpet. And it's like an astounding, astounding transition from uh, from one to the other. And that's just kind of how it goes. Um, like, <laughs> Amelia Clark does not look particularly like Book Danny, but she does when you have world-class makeup and costuming and framing and acting, and it really makes a difference. Um, Oh, yeah, somebody else said that, that Matt Smith was the star of American Psycho on Broadway. Yeah, Matt Smith has played a lot of villains since being the 11th Doctor. <clears throat> Other characters don't look like their book characters. I said in my video that Lena Headey and Nikolai, they got criticized really heavily for not looking like Cersei and Jamie. And it's like, I guess so, but I don't think it ended up mattering <laughs> too much. Uh, to me, Cersei, Lena, and, and uh, Nikolai, look, they look like Cersei and Jamie to me. Um, same with uh, Tywin and Charles Dance. Like a lot of the castings for Game of Thrones were really off. If you want to like go to like a book purity thing, and I, I don't really, I don't know. There, there's sort of an idea that when you watch uh, TV shows or when you watch adaptations, there's some people that sort of feel like they they sit there watching with like a list of canon facts, and it's like they're grading it. It's like, oh well, you didn't get this part right. That's an X. Oh, you got that part right. Check. And at the end of it, they like present a grade of like how true to the to the source material they were. And I, I don't know. I don't really like playing that game. Um, it's an adaptation. They're never going to look exactly like the characters. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who is Maximum Valyrian of the Targs? Uh, oh, it's Damon Blackfire. Um, the other Damon. I actually I talked about that in the video. I pulled the quote from how George describes Damon Blackfire, and it is the most maximum Valyrian you can imagine. He basically said that he looked like a god, um, him and Aegon the Conqueror. And, you know, that's pretty fair. But I, I thought it was interesting when I was when I was researching, like, what does Daemon Targaryen really look like? I found a description for Daemon Blackfire. I was like, wait, this looks like the fan art. This is this is what it is. Like this description is is what uh, people are talking about when they're like, well, Matt Smith doesn't look like Daemon. I think they're I think some people are thinking about the wrong Damon, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, Sean Bean for every role. I'm on board with that. Sean Maximum Bean. We'll just get Beaner and everything. Although I did think that would be kind of funny if um if uh if they brought back all the actors and just had them play like their similar roles. Like if they had Lena Headey play Rainier or they had um Amelia Clark play Rainier. You had um I don't know. 
I thought it would be kind of fun in a uh, American horror story kind of way, but of course those people are way too expensive now. Um, <laughs> the future of the fandom depends on wig quality. Yeah, apparently people that that's the that's the thing they're worried about with um with the Targaryens in this how much how good their wigs will be. Um, if you've never seen the show, would you think Ned Stark looks like Sean Bean? Um, I think for a lot of people, Sean Bean is Ned Stark now, and the um the descriptions you get from like the fantasy flight games and the art that comes out from the illustrated editions, people just kind of look at that and go like, that's not Ned, that's not Sean Bean. Although George has said that he wrote Ned Stark thinking of Sean Bean. So like, you know, it comes and goes. Um, <laughs> give us that, give us that hot D. I'm, tr I'm trying, I'm trying to deliver the hot D. I'm doing it. Um, yeah, we don't need to carry cast people that actually look Valyrian. Nobody looks Valyrian. That's that's kind of the point. There's very, very few people that even look like that. And it's actually, if you think about it this way, it makes a lot more sense where it's like if you th if you think about the entire world of people who look Valyrian, right? And then you do a Venn diagram of the number of people who are good enough actors to play the parts that would that are Valyrians, like the cross section is just tiny. And there's always problems with um, you have to get somebody that wants to play this role. They have to be available. Um, COVID makes things really hard for travel these days. So it's like, sure, you can find people that look like the canon images, but it's really hard to find people that look like the canon images and can play the part and agree to the money and agree to sign up for at least one season or more of this. So, you know, good luck with that one. That's why fan casts are always always a bit off they it's sort of um it's kind of fantasy people are looking for very particular visions of characters that the um the shows themselves are like under no obligation to do actually this is a good question about contact lenses um will they wear purple contact lenses or not i don't think so i don't think they're going to like um they didn't do it in in season one of game of thrones because they were really uncomfortable and that hasn't really changed um i remember hearing that there was a problem with um Oh god, what's his name? Hang on a second. Um in The Witcher that Henry Cavill had a lot of problems with his yellow um his yellow contacts. So, I would guess if they're going to if they're going to give them all purple eyes, I would I would guess they're going to do it in post. They're going to have tons of money for this show. Um I mean, it it is kind of tedious, but uh, there was actually comments earlier t uh last few days from the head of HBO where he was basically saying that he hopes that house of the dragon launches like an extended universe of game of thrones they do have different um, projects in the works but they're basically waiting to see if house of the dragon does well so they're going to throw quite a lot of quite a lot of money at this oh yeah yennefer's eyes in the witcher look pretty good i believe those were done with cgi right um or those contacts i'm wearing my contacts right now and some days they are just the worst um today they're doing okay but the colored ones are particularly um particularly harsh or they can be not everyone's has the same kind of um, tolerance for these kind of things that other people do. <laughs> Poor VFX artist. Yeah, but somebody will get paid some amount of money, right, Matt Henry? Right, some amount of money to do that. Sure, right. God, that would suck. Going through frame by frame and turning all their all their eyes purple. Yeah, that would suck. They're CGI for Yennefer. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Thaddeus Rowan says, "Are you going to see Ulf the White and Hugh the Hammer?" That's a good question because um, I don't think we'll see them in season one. Definitely not. Um, the dance actually goes on for quite a long time. Well, I, I say definitely not. I'm assuming that they're going to try and string this out for a few seasons. If, um, especially if they're doing like a crown style thing, like where, um, actually this is something really funny. You know who Matt Smith, uh, he was playing Prince Philip in the crown. He got recast as Tobias Menzies, um, what's his name? Menzies or whatever from, uh, who played Edmure Tully. 
Wouldn't it be great if they did that again? They jumped into the future and Damon became Edmir. <laughs> Edmir in that wig. That'd be incredible. Um, but I'm going to guess Ulf the White and Hugh the Hammer don't come in until um, a bit later in the dance. Um, after the Dragon Seeds and the battles at Tumbleton. Uh, Nettles. Yes. Yes. Hedgehogs. Uh, Nettles will probably be coming in at some point. I would not expect them to be right away. Based on the timeline we're seeing from these castings, it looks like they're going to start off pretty, pretty early in the dance, long before the dance. Like um, I said in the video that they're casting Harold Westerling. He dies 17 years before the dance starts. So either they're going to cover a lot of ground or season one is going to be a lot of the buildup. Um, sheep stealer. Yes. Bring in sheep stealer. Um, I don't think they're, I don't think they'll do the dragon seeds right away that that especially because that's extremely high cgi at that point they're already gonna be working with sunfire melees caraxes um god which other ones vagar is gonna be in there quite a lot of uh dragon cgi they released the images the other day of um the the artist renderings of what they're gonna look like which i thought were pretty cool and then i photoshopped Targaryen wigs on them for fun. Um, how many seasons do you think they'll use up on the dance? Game of Thrones, you've one ish to set up War of the Five Kings. I think they'll probably do the same thing. Um, I imagine they'll wait till later, though, to kill Viserys. Um, that's kind of my impression. Again, based on the ages and the apparent ages of the actors, who they're casting. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like season one, like the second to last episode is like Viserys dying and then the next episode is the start of the um, the start of the conflict with the Greens starting to take control in King's Landing, Damon and Rhaenyra figuring out what's happening. Uh, do you think that uh, Sarah says, do you think they'll take liberties with the story or follow it closely? Well, which story? Which which story are you talking about? This is the problem that I have personally with Fire and Blood as an adaptation that I would not have picked it uh, because George does his stupid. Well, Okay, I think it's stupid. Other people don't. They really enjoy it, especially those who like reading history. I'm more of a, um, I like reading prose. I like George's prose. He's re he's excellent at it. But the the Fire and Blood de depicts three different versions entirely of the Dance of the Dragons. Um, so not they're going to have to sort through um, which of the three sources are even correct or which parts of the three sources are correct. I imagine George is going to be working quite a lot with Ryan Condal in order to figure it out, but they have to first agree on even what the truth of the dance was with George, and then from there, figure out which parts can even be adapted. Um, oh, you just saw my shirt? Yeah, Four Seasons Old Landscape. Gotta love them. So that, that's, a, that's a real big problem for, even when you're talking about the fandom itself, like I think a lot of the consternation and disagreements about the different characters comes from the fact that there are literally different versions of them in the text and we don't even know which conversations we read are real we don't know which ones it is like um i have a i think i have a perfect example here so in fire and blood and in the rogue prince we hear three different stories about damon and rhaenyra one is that he was just a doting uncle who may one day hope to marry her um in order to secure the throne for himself that's one version the second version is that he groomed her and then had a sexual relationship with her when she was way too young on the basically pedophilia and then um, was looking to was just being a total creep about it. And then the third one is there wasn't much there, but it was actually Kristen Cole who had the sexual relationship with Rhaenyra at a young age. And it's like all three of those stories, one of them is true or none of them. And the show writers have to figure it out. 
So um, it's going to make it it's going to make it really difficult. And I think it's going to make some viewers unhappy because there's certain versions of different stories that they really like. Like um, I know from my experience with Fire and Blood that I particularly enjoyed the story of um, Jace and Sarah Snow. And I put that into um, I made a whole video about the Pact of Ice and Fire and where those characters went. Did Sarah get actually get pregnant? It was was there a child? Where's that child? But like it's entirely possible that never happened. One of the stories is that Jace, there, Sarah Snow did not exist. So you got you, you got to pick. They have to pick one of the three, maybe. And none of them could be right. That's sort of George's game, which is annoying. Um, yeah, I agree, Urusash. I, I think Damon's relationship with Rhaenyra in each version is pretty creepy. Some of them, like, morally bankrupt and, like, should be thrown in jail, that kind of thing. Some of them are less, are just, like, grooming. That's, uh, okay. They are grooming. Grooming is a terrible thing to do. And then, like, there's one version where it's just, like, it was just his favorite niece. And that's the one with Kristen Cole. And it's like, God, which one's even right? I don't know. Um, Mushroom tells the truth. He probably tells the truth about some stuff. Uh, Mushroom's story about Rhaenyra uh, are probably closer to true because he's the one that spent most of the time with her. Uh, which characters will they make? Uh, will they make gay? Lainor? Yeah, definitely Lainor. Um, it's that's one of the things that's going to be really hard to say, because like I was saying about not only the three perspectives, but a lot of what we see these characters are like a Wikipedia version of them. We don't see a lot of one on one interactions. We don't see them talking. We don't see them going about their daily lives. And that's going to be a real challenge for adaptation that these characters who are basically just like Wikipedia entries now have to be real people. Um, will they cast Mushroom? I think definitely Mushroom will be cast. Um, actually, that was a good question from uh, from Patreon, Eric Forig. He said, how do you go about casting and portraying Mushroom in the Shadow of Tyrion? Yeah, that's 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 actually going to be a another adaptation issue they're going to have to deal with, is that um, a lot of these characters, because of the way George writes his extra materials, they're sort of takes on the characters we already know. Like uh, Rhaenyra is some kind of fusion of Cersei and Danny. Um, Damon is kind of like a hyper Jamie or like a pitch letter Jamie. Um, Kristen Cole is somewhere between Jamie and Barristan. And so when you're casting Mushroom, it's going to be hard to find somebody that doesn't feel like discount Tyrion, basically. It's going to have to be their own actor, someone that makes the role their own. And they are very different. I mean, the only, the only parts that are really similar between them is that they're both, um, they're both dwarfs. Um, Mushroom's role in the court is very different from Tyrion's who um, ended up acting well he was Hand of the King he had a significant role um, beyond I, I don't know it, it sort of seems like um, they're, they're, they're definitely going to have to try and separate him from Tyrion but um, I don't think it should be that hard I mean their personalities I mean they're kind of they're kind of wise asses and that's kind of all they really have in, um, they have in common I think you can very easily find another um, great um, little person actor who can play the role. Uh, Rosinante, do you think they'll use the same Viserys wigs? Uh, Rhaegar wore on Game of Thrones. They might share between takes. Was the wig that bad? Or was it just bad because Viserys and Rhaegar wore the same one? What if they all wear Danny wigs? Um, <laughs> everyone's just wearing Danny wigs. Uh, I, I, I mean, there's going to be a lot more Targaryens, so you assume they're going to do a lot more, uh, a lot more wigs and they're going to pay for them. <laughs> I mean, Viserys's was whatever. Danny's was fine. They changed it throughout the series. Um, the budget for wigs is gonna be through the roof this time. I don't know. Maybe let's go steal. Um, go steal the one from The Witcher. 
They'll just like mug them and take it. Yeah, it's a good point, Sasuke. It can be someone really short. Um, they could play it like they did with uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, where they use perspective to make the actors look much shorter than they actually were. Um, all the wig experts in chat. Um, they could very easily do that. Um, they could, I don't know. Mushroom's a really interesting character because I don't know how much of a role he's going to have in the show because a lot of the reason we know who he is from Fire and Blood is because he's one of the perspectives, but we don't need that. They're not, I don't think they're going to be doing the three perspectives game. So not everything's going to be told from his, from his story. <clears throat> um, it may be that Mushroom gets a reduced role than many of us are expecting just because of that. Like, if you don't need his POV, then he doesn't need to be everywhere. You can, like, it's the same thing with uh, with Game of Thrones, where at the beginning, they were kind of following the POVs kind of, kind of close, and as it went on, they just sort of broke that and went to wherever they needed the camera to be. Um, see here. Which locations should we see in House of the Dragon that weren't in Game of Thrones from Uriash Tosh? Ooh, good question. So we're going to see the Stepstones for sure. Um, I mean, probably Damon is a king there for a while, so that'll probably be coming up. Uh, we're we're going to see tons of new stuff about the Valarians. Um, Corlys Valerion has, is uh, being floated as a lead. Um, I'm not sure about the rumor about his casting. It's um, that That's only been in one place, that one website deadline. And everyone's just kind of repeating it. So I'm not really sure if it's going to be um, if it's going to be Danny or not. Um, but we'll definitely be seeing High Tide. We'll definitely be seeing Driftmark. Um, we'll be seeing Hull and Spice Town. Those will be uh, new sets. Definitely um, quite a lot takes place in um, in the Valarian lands and on their ship. So get ready for those. High Tide should be really cool. It's described as um, apparently Coralise built it to try and be the eerie, but on an island. Like he he brought in the same stone. He layered the top with beaten silver. It apparently is supposed to look just like magnificent. So that'll be really cool to see. Um, what other places should we get? Well, we'll probably see a lot of the High Tower. Um, we really didn't. We saw flashes of it with Old Town with Sam. He spent most of his time honestly in the Citadel. So that should be that should be a new spot. Um, what else? What are some new spots? We might see um, scenes from Lys, perhaps. The Lysenni have a pretty big role in the dance um, with the triarchy and taking back the Stepstones and the Pirate King and all that kind of stuff. We didn't really see that. We, we will see the Strongs, but they're based out of Harrenhal. We've seen Harrenhal before. So what other new locations would we see? I mean, obviously, Tumbleton, we'll probably get more of that. We'll see more of Dragonstone. There's going to be a lot of Dragonstone in this and the Dragon Caves. Um, the dragon keepers, the one who keep the eggs, that kind of thing. Um, more of dragon sun would be really interesting. By the way, slam that like button. 150 likes, put on my old Gandalf hat. Although apparently I'm having a good hair day today, so that would be a shame. But I'll do it. I will put on that Gandalf hat. Um, yeah, the dr good pot, good, uh, good call, Sasa. Um, the dragon pit will, the dragon pit will be complete and full of dragons at this point, rather than the um, open coliseum we got in season seven and eight, I believe. Hmm. I'm trying to remember where else they went in Fire and Blood. Uh, we should, we might see Raven Tree Hall, uh, Benjicott, and um, Black Alley make big parts in the dance at certain points. So we may see them in the Riverlands. The God's Eye, may, yeah, we should see the God's Eye definitely for the um, the battle over the God's Eye. Oh, the Celtigars. Um, I don't think the Celtigars have that big of a role in the dance. Maybe we will just because of the increased focus on the Valarions and the uh, and Dragonstone. Maybe they'll actually show up. But I, I, I don't I don't really think so. The Celtigars are a footnote in the books. And if they're choosing what they're going to adapt, it's probably not going to be the maybe Valyrians from uh, 
crackle up point. Um, which, oh, if uh, Ian Clements is the budget so high, why couldn't they afford Travis Fimmel? Um, so that's, I believe, played Ragnar and Vikings. Honestly, if you're asking why, if you're asking me why someone didn't ca get cast in a role, I'm not part of HBO's casting department. There's numerous reasons why actors don't get parts, why they don't want parts, why they can't go for them. Um, I, I, saying it's a budget reason they couldn't get him is that's a speculation. Who knows? They may not have even wanted him, depending on how they want Damon to play. And actually, I was talking about that with um, with my video. When you're talking about Matt Smith, um, he is really good at kind of playing um, someone who's superficially charming, but also kind of has a dark side underneath. Um, that happened. I laid out a bunch of Doctor Who episodes. You should probably go watch um, if you want to see what he's like. And in those sort of the mask of the 11th doctor the happy-go-lucky just excited to see the world kind of doctor slips and you see like the oncoming storm underneath and that kind of feels true to what damon seems to be like where uh george said that he some people consider him like the greatest hero in the seven kingdoms some considered him the blackest of villains the worst of guys and it's like that kind of duality in a, in a person is hard to portray, but it's something Matt Smith can do. Actually, th this was a really good point from the Slack about his appearance. Uh, I guess we're going back to Matt Smith's appearance. Uh, Bernie, um, one of the mods, she said that, you know, he, Matt Smith does not look like a typical Valyrian, but he does look quite a bit like somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch. And that's a guy that like, some people find incredibly handsome and charming and other people consider him like a horse a horse-faced weirdo and kind of the dichotomy between that means that some people may find him really good for the role and other people may not yeah when a good man goes to war and at demons runs a great one um i really like nightmare and silver um in that one i mean spoilers for nightmare and silver he has to play against himself as a young doctor and a and a Cyberman thing trying to take over his brain. So in the same episode, he plays the hero and the villain at the same time. And he has to play against himself. And they're really interesting. Oh, hey, Jinx. How's it going? <laughs> big fandom shill energy. Just wait. I'm getting the shirt. I bought the big fandom shill shirt from uh, from Mallory. And that's on its way. I was hoping I was going to have it today. But I had to go for um, four seasons <laughs> landscaping. Yeah. Can you imagine a fandom divided over an appearance of an actor? It's never happened before. Actually, one thing, um, oh my God, on Twitter, I actually got a reply to um, my Twitter thread about announcing all this stuff today. And uh, was it at Rebel Girl? She made a really good point. She said um, uh, Matt Smith had to play a role in 2013 with Ryan Gosling on How to Catch a Monster, and he got absolutely ripped for it. Um, there's pictures of it. He, he put on a lot of muscle. Turns out he can't be muscular and he doesn't have to be a stick figure like he played with um with Doctor Who. So if you're looking for Damon to be, that's the one consistent thing that George has said about Damon in the in Fire and Blood and the Rogue Prince and the World of Ice and Fire is that he was ripped and that he was a great fighter. So if you're looking for that, I mean, it, this is going to be a big money role for Matt Smith. It's going to I mean, they said um it's going to be coming out in 2022, probably. I mean, fingers crossed on COVID, see how that goes. But this is going to be a very big role for him. So if you're thinking Matt Smith is not going to try and play, like get in shape for the role, I think you're crazy. Like, of course he's going to. <laughs> Damien is 98% swagger. Yeah, that's basically how George describes him. He essentially says that like his attitude and his, um, his bad boy nature that he loves writing about is like essentially what made Damon the, so attractive. It wasn't necessarily that he was the most handsome godlike guy ever. It was that um, 
he had an extremely magnetic personality that was counterbalanced by the fact that he was he could be quite murderous and sociopathic and scheming towards the people he should be supposed to care about. Um, yeah, looking forward to that one. A good call, Jay Moray. Um, the actual one of the actual like straight villains in the show will be Aemon One Eye. That'll be really interesting. Oh, got a, uh, a uh, PayPal here from um, Amy, Amy Blackfire. Happy holidays. Thanks for all the great content. With all the terrible discourse around the casting, it's nice to have a chill discussion. I know. I know. Maybe I should have like screamed in my video and been super upset about it. Like, this isn't my Damon. How could you? This isn't Rhaenyra. They, this doesn't look like this. Ah! I guess I should have been that guy. But unfortunately, that's not me. I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't really care what the actors look like, to be honest. Um, and uh, I'm not really going to talk about it today because it's not confirmed. It's just a rumor. But if Cornelius Valarion actually is Danny Sapani, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, sure, why not? I, I don't, I, I am not super invested in the exact details of characters' descriptions being portrayed by real people because, you know, they're, they're made up characters. There is no Coralise Valarion. There is no Daemon Targaryen. They literally only exist up here. So they can look like kind of whatever they want. Like literally don't exist. These are not real people. Even if they were, it's like whatever. Um, I, I was actually watching clips the other day of the movie Nixon where they had, um, God, what's his name? Um, where they had Anthony Hopkins playing Richard Nixon. He looks nothing like him, but he still played the part pretty well. You know, that's how it goes. Acting. Actually, um, over the last year, there was a really interesting production done by a, um, a stage show where they did a Midsummer's Night Dream with uh, Gwendolyn Christie, and they had each of the actors play different roles, and actually they swapped some of the roles. So in the in Midsummer's Night Dream, they have um, it's supposed to be Titania that falls in love with the guy that's been turned into a donkey, but in this one they swapped it. They swapped it so that it's Oberon that does it. And it was super, I, I thought it was super interesting. And it's like, yeah, that's not actually how Shakespeare wrote it. It doesn't make it not interesting. Tully's as the Muppets. Oh my God. Oh, what if it was only the Muppets? <gasps> Has anyone contacted HBO and asked if this is actually going to be a Muppet production? Like, what if it's like, um, uh, what is it? A Christmas Carol where they had Patrick Stewart playing with a bunch of Muppets. Maybe it would be Matt Smith, Emma Darcy, um, Patty Considine, and Olivia Cook, And there's just a bunch of Muppets. Perfect. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's the show I want. And then all the dragons can be super Muppets. Oh, this be so good. Actually, this brings up us. Uh, San Rixian left a, a comment earlier that I skipped over, but she was saying that she wants all the dragons to look super different. And based on the artwork, they were. It looks like Sunfire and Caraxes, they're actually going to make them look um, more distinguishable than each other. Whereas in uh, Game of Thrones, they really weren't. It was really hard telling the difference between Drogon Viserion and um, Rhaegal when they're supposed to be super different. It looks like they're going to this time. Uh, strongly disagree. The character get, creator gave them characteristics. Preserve the original view of the show. Should try to look like how they were originally intended to be. I mean, if you're making a video game, go for it. Um, but there are real people that have to play these parts, and this is not a thing I care about. Like, I, I really don't. It like if you go back and. Like I was talking about during the video, you compare like Lena Headey and and uh, Nikolai to Cersei and Jamie. They played the parts. They played the parts well. The personality is the more important part to me, and the character and the way they're playing it, rather than the trying to get down to the exact details of how they look. Not a thing I care about. Um. Oh, there was a question earlier. Um, about who will play Laris and Harwin Strong. This is actually interesting that there's been no mention of those guys getting um getting parts yet, and definitely not leads. 
Harwin, I understand. Harwin dies pretty early into the dance. Uh, but Laris makes it the all the way through to the to the hour of the wolf. And he is a major part of the green. Oh, he's not really part of the greens. He's kind of on his own. Sometimes he's on the greens, sometimes he's on the blacks, but he's always in King's Landing. And his casting will be really interesting. Um, Thaddeus Rowan says, does Nikolai not look like Book Jamie? No, not even a little. Um, but he he played Jamie. He is Jamie. That <laughs> looks good to me. And actually, I said this in the video. If you want to have some fun, go look up on Shakespeare of Thrones and um, Maddie K. Ray. They both have pictures of them with Nikolai uh, from Con of Thrones where they're, they got pictures with him. And they, they're literally blushing. He is so handsome. And I, I've seen him in person and he literally pops. Like uh, I was walking around the, um, what was it? The, the merchandise hall at the last Con of Thrones. And I saw Nikolai there with his family and everybody's head snapped because he, he stands out. He, he's a truly, truly a beautiful man. Um, and he's more Jamie than whatever's in the books, especially because you can't see Jamie while you're reading. You just sort of get told about it. Oh, super chat here from Purple Lord Leo Anasazi. Oh, looks like it isn't broken this time. I only got it once. Uh, thanks to magician. Diversity is a weakness source material that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Um, actually, when you're talking about like the whole controversy about can Corlys uh, be played by um, a person of color or something like that, it's like, I don't see why not. Like, why can't his mother be a person of color and the rest of his ancestors weren't? And he's just like the first one. Why not? Does it? And again, it's like it's all made up. There is no Corlys Velaryon. Literally does not exist. So you can do whatever you want with him. Anyway, that's that's my opinion on that. Um, oh, that's right. Snow racing with the $5. Nikolai greeted Khan Snow as Lord Commander Snow. Yeah. Actually, let me see if I can go find Maddie's picture. Um, hang on a second. I think it's her default. Oh, no. She changed it. Uh, it's a bummer. The shakes. What about shakes? No purse is Mallory's thing. Um, but yeah. <laughs> this is now House of Muppets casting planning session. Please do. Please, please cast the Muppets. I, I am all about this. Um... Yeah, I tend to agree with that, Matthew Reyes. Um, you can tell the same story of Corlys Velaryon or any of these other characters if you... I mean, like, even if you look at Game of Thrones, like, they changed a lot of characters. Go look at the canon description of Cyril Pharrell and then look at the actor they got to play him. They look nothing alike. Like, not even a little bit. Um, they changed the actor for... Um, they changed the appearance of... Um, what's his name? The Lyseni Pirate. Um, Salador San changed that one. They do it all the time. That's 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 the thing about adaptations. They always change them because they have to. They want to get the actors. They they don't care about the they don't care about the uh, the aesthetics being the, the thing that drives them. And I agree with that. I think it's more important that the, there's a good story behind it than they look exactly like you think they should. Um, Maxwell Maggio says, do you think we'll get to the see the council 101 is going to skip over? It? I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm I don't. I don't think we'll get the Council of 101, or if we do, it'll be like in flashbacks um, because of the age of the characters. Um, when we're, we're looking at Emma and Olivia and um, Patty, they all they look on the older side, especially Olivia and Emma. They don't look particularly like Rhaenyra is supposed to be in her middle to her middle teens around or even earlier than that in the Great Council. Like there's pictures of fire and blood with Viserys crowned with Rhaenyra looking actually looking like a child. So if they're if they're staying true to the to the timelines uh, from Fire and Blood, then I would guess they're going to be further along down the line, especially with the idea that Harold Westerling dies in 112 AC and he's being cast. Well, according to Illuminati. Um, 
Statler and Waldorf. Oh my god. Um, those would be... Ooh, Statler and Waldorf are in the dance. That's a good one. Um, they can't be consequential. They just have to be dicks. Maybe two guys on the small council? Sam the Eagle as Cregan Stark. Um, what is original fans mean? I read Fire and Blood when it came out. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's a losing battle. If you're a fan and you go into any kind of uh, adaptation and you're looking for accurate fan casting or super accurate, like um, how the actors look versus how they play the parts, you're literally setting yourself up to be disappointed every time. Every single time you'll be disappointed. They'll never get the character you want. They'll never get the actor you want. And if and if that's if that's the thing you really want to see, I suggest getting yourself into the film business and getting into casting. Um. Actually, there's a good question from Patreon. Eric Forrick, he also asked, the Game of Thrones show seemed reluctant, reluctant to embrace high fantasy. No shit. <laughs> Will this show? So there's, there's a weird thing about the Dance of the Dragons where there's obviously lots of dragons going around, and that's a big part of it. But the rest of the fantasy from the, sh from the series, uh, from A Song of Ice and Fire, doesn't really make an appearance. Um, there's no mention of the others. They don't show up at all. Uh, the only, the closest we get from Fire and Blood is I think when Alisane goes to the wall and they're at the night fort and her and Silverwing's very scared. Um, and that that's basically it. There's there's some hints of magic mostly around Alice Rivers, who will be a super fascinating character. I can't wait to see her. I hope they don't cut her. I want Alice Rivers to be in there, especially with her relationship to Aemond and everything about being the Witch Queen of Harrenhal and how strong. Oh, my, I want to do a whole stream just about Alice Rivers. I love Alice Rivers. She's a great character. But she seems to be like sort of the nexus of all the magic and the dance. Um, there's there's no real hint of any followers of R'hllor being around Westeros at this time. There's no mention of zombies. Um, there is some earlier that some people think that Magor came back to life, and maybe that's why he couldn't have children. But that's that's kind of Tyana the Tower is dead by this time. No Visenya. Um, uh, what else? There's no there's no Daenerys going to the House of the Undying. Like these things are not in the dance as written. So um, if there's going to be high fantasy, it's going to have to be introduced new, basically, or really focused around Alice Rivers, which is kind of what Game of Thrones did anyway. They kind of really focused in all the magic around um, around Melisandre. Maybe they'll make her kind of like um, kind of like the Melisandre where she like brings the magic into the story. But yeah, there's nothing about the others. They won't show up in this. All that stuff is in um, is in different books, although if you wanted to talk about it in terms of like, since this is written by a maester, Fire and Blood, maybe there was magic and then it got written out because the maesters supposedly don't like magic. Um, I mean, it's a magical world. There should be more. Um, we'll see. Oh, thank you for the uh, super sticker. <laughs> Stephanie Spain, uh, $3 saying my hero. Thank you, Stephanie. That's very sweet. Very generous. Um, yeah, but th that's really it. The main magic in the dance as written is basically just dragons fighting each other, which is magical, but it's also kind of, if you're looking for high fantasy, you're not going to get much of it. These characters aren't like, aren't doing anything crazy like we saw. Um, there's no, there's no three. Obviously there is a three eyed Raven at this time. And obviously Bran or Blood Raven could look back in time and affect things. But as far as we know, that didn't happen. Um, do we ever figure out who the Lord Commander Alisane visit was? Um, I think it says in the text. I think they name him. But yeah, that that will be that's that's from um, Jaharis and Alisane 
early in their in their rule so that would have been like 50 ac the dance is like 120 something 126 ac so that's going to be way in the past uh the only thing that gives us that could also give you some hope that maybe there'll be more uh high fantasy magic in, in the house of the dragon than there is in the text is that um that blackwoods play a much bigger role in the dance than they did in um in game of thrones and also we'll be seeing more from the north obviously Krieg and stark they'll probably introduce the starks a lot earlier than in the narrative um when jace valarion goes up there and meets with Cregan and maybe meets sarah snow i mean it's said that they got married beneath a weirwood so that should 129 ac thank you um six and a nine got flipped on my head um so that should be really interesting jace's interactions with the old gods and Cregan um and that whole region should be fascinating I would love to see it. I'm also looking forward to see who they cast for uh, Jace, Luce, Jace, Luke, and Joffrey. Um, they have pre—they have fairly big roles. Well, actually, not Luke. Luke dies pretty early, but Jace is an important character. Yeah, Alice and Blackwood needs to be cast too. Black Alley, uh, Benjakot should be cast too. Sixty-nine, nice. Yep, you got it, Kelly. Um, Lord Commander Burley's the current Lord Commander. Okay, thank you, thank you, Jay. Um, I don't have all this memorized offhand. Bakashi style rotoscoped Game of Thrones jinx. Oh, you have the best ideas. Um, animated A Song of Ice and Fire would be interesting. That's true. Uh, Thaddeus Rhodes says, was there any faceless man influence during the dance? So that's one of those things that would not show up explicitly in the in the text because it was so long ago and it's non-narrative based. So if there were faceless men hired, we wouldn't really know about them. But there are quite a few suspicious deaths, especially around um, a Baron Damon. So his wife dying in the veil when he's away, that could be one. There's also the death of Lainor Velaryon, who gets supposedly stabbed at a fair or killed by his lover or somehow just dies at that fair. The story is um, it's it's not clear exactly what happened there, but it's so heavily benefited Damon that people have wondered in the past if maybe he hired an assassin, a faceless man would make sense. Um, what are some other suspicious deaths? Aegon the Second's death, um, although that one gets rightly blamed probably on Corlys and um, and Lara Strong. And also there's there's also the fire at Harrenhal. Um, that's one that could definitely be something with the Faceless Men, especially since George has previously written the Faceless Men at being at Harrenhal through Jacken, uh, Jacken Hagar. But I tend to think that was probably Alice Rivers. <laughs> the way that she amasses power through House Strong and Harrenhal after the deaths of Harwin and Lionel Strong that it just seems it seems too convenient for how much it benefits her that she didn't have a part in it. Um, there's yeah, that's true. There's also uh, quite a lot of kid murder. Although blood and cheese, I don't think that's those weren't professional assassins. Those were just two guys. Well, par supposedly that's how the story goes. Uh, one was a gold cloak. One was a rat catcher. <laughs> just let Sean Bean play Cregan Stark. Hey, you know why not? Just bring back all the old cast, roll them back in. Um, let's see here. Yeah, there's there's a ton of suspicious deaths in the dance. Um, Dan some of them seem to be behind um, Mysaria the White Worm. That would be a really interesting character um, because as she's written, I think she's supposed to be a former sex worker and dancer from Lys who Damon brought to King's Landing and essentially used as his master of whispers within the city while he was being um, Lord Fleabottom. And um, so how she's played, and it'll be really, it'll be really interesting to see them put a sex worker on the screen that has like agency. Oh, check my phone. Hang on a second. What'd you do? What'd you send me, Jinx? Ah, uh, six 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 from Jinx. Thank you, Jinx from from PayPal. Uh, please remind people to check out Sammy's new Threadless shop. 
I, yes, I have mentioned it a bunch of times, but um, uh, San Rixine, aka Mallory, has put up a threadless shop. P, um, the stuff is shipping out now. It's going to be um, the stuff that's up there looks really cool. I myself got a Lord of the Tides tank top on the way and, and a uh, big fandom shill shirt and Kelly Green. Um, I know. Imagine the PayPal. Who'd have thunk it? Um, she has all of her. She has a lot of her artwork up there. The different dragons, the different wolves, a bunch of different houses. People are posting them on Twitter and stuff. Um, re highly recommend it. San Zanry's an amazing artist, and the stuff she put out is really cool. I think um, Crowfood's daughter got a duvet of Ironborn stuff or something like that. Uh, people have gotten bags and stuff. Looks really great. Um, somebody could grab the link and just throw it in chat. I'm actually Mallory's here. I'm sure she can do it um what was i talking about oh yeah all the different murders in the faceless men i wouldn't be surprised the faceless men pop up it's like i can't imagine that the that bravos isn't interested in this civil war happening in westeros considering how they insert themselves in the war of the five kings um oh there we go people in the chat saying they they got their different stuff um so i, I mean the faceless men could definitely show up as far as from what was written they don't have a big role but that's where the, the whole deal with the Faceless Men, the Bravosi, they don't really make their presence known. Things just kind of go their way. Kind of like Damon. Larry Strong, who's probably behind the death of his, the, he's probably kinslaying his way around. Um, Volantis doesn't get involved too much, so we probably won't see much from the Faith of R'hllor, though. The the main ones that in that are um, in it are Pentos, Lys, and Tyrosh. Um, they form the Triarchy, and they attack the Stepstones to take it back from Damon. They also burn... Uh, drift mark and destroy high tide so like that there's also going to be a very uh, heavy sea component in this a lot of the the strength from the blacks come from the dragons but also corley's valarion's amazing navy that he built up i mean me and bookshelf stud did that stream talking about it but he basically plowed in a lannister's a mountain of gold into building a fleet and so that's going to have a big part in it look forward to more theon jumping off boats or other crazy things and i think that's how Jace dies as well. He dies during one of those battles. Um, oh, good call, Bittersteel. If they bring back, um, I don't know how to pronounce that name, but if they bring back Jack and Hagar's actor, that'd be really cool if uh, if he shows up as a cameo. That'd be awesome. Uh, where's everyone? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, th that's sort of the weird thing about the Dance of the Dragons is this is all set up for what we see in the War of the Five Kings. So a lot of the, a lot of the greater forces that are swirling around Danny and John and Aurea and Bran are like kind of dormant at this time. So I, I don't know how they're going to work that in. Especially, I don't know if they're going to want to. Um, but Ryan Condal is apparently working much more with George than Dan and Dave were at the end. And uh, they've been they've been friends for quite a while. So you have to imagine that Condal's going to want to respect George's interest in high fantasy. So I don't know how he's going to inject it, though, because George literally didn't write it. So I, I'm not really sure. Maybe we'll get some hint of the others from Cregan Stark. Um, something about cold winds rising or something like that. But by the time we get to the War of the Five Kings, like nobody knows what's going on. It takes a couple rangers dying for the Starks to even start caring about it. Actually, not even the Starks, the, the Night's Watch. So that's not really a thing. I am kind of interested in what's going on at this time with the th with the, um, the three-eyed raven rules they call it in game of thrones like blood raven isn't going to be born for another like 90 years at this point so are the children affecting the story at this point um is there somebody is there another human in the trees will, will we see characters um from the future reaching backwards in time and affecting the dance like that was a big part of the end of game of thrones was how bran 
using the Weirwoods and his future visions and his view of the past was able to um, push the story in a way that benefited him. I mean, that's the um, that's kind of what you get from his line during the council thing where he says, like, why do you think I came down here? It's kind of implying that Bran was engineering all this. So do they have a role in the dance and how would that show up? Maybe through Alice Rivers, like the connections between how strong and the Weirwoods is something I'm, I'm really interested in. But it's like it's not it's in no way clear what the interests of the children of the forest and the weirwoods is in the dance itself. Gurm as mushroom. I think you actually enjoy that. I think you'd enjoy trying to play him. Although I don't think Gurm's a good actor. He's had one cameo, I think, or two. Uh, they cut his cameo from Game of Thrones and then he's in the background of Beauty and the Beast once. Um, Russell Mon says, well, why do you think they went with a younger actress for Alicent? Where in the timeline do you think they'll start? Um, so one thing is that Allison keeps her beauty quite long as she gets older. Although by the start of the dance, she's 40 something. So she sh even if she's very beautiful, she should be showing some aging. Um, so one explanation is they're just going to have Olivia play her all the way through and then just maybe make her a little bit older as they get into the later seasons. Um, but the other idea is that they're going to jump the narrative forwards like in The Crown where we're going to see maybe the death of Emma Aaron and then Viserys getting remarried and that'll be like season one and then they jump forwards the next season and they recast some of the characters like maybe they'll keep Patty Considine as Viserys but um maybe Olivia and Emma will get recast like that happened to Matt Smith in The Crown he was playing Prince Philip as a young man and then um when it jumped forward they gave it to Tobias Menzies to play Philip instead so could be something like that um like I said in the video I think I think it'll probably be around 106 AC is when they'll pick up it seems like the natural starting point. Uh, was there a three-eyed raven crow before Blood Raven? Yes, there's a lot of skulls in there, a lot of bones, uh, which is implied probably to be different people that have sat underneath the Weirwoods and done that. Um, so you got to assume, well, there will definitely be children of the forest. I don't know if there'll be a human down there like Blood Raven was, but um, there will be like the Weirwoods do exist. And even if even if there's not literally somebody sitting there underneath the Weirwood, in the current timeline, it's been established that Bran and Bloodraven can reach back in time. So um, that would be kind of a crazy cameo if they had Bran show up. Like what if like what if you were watching House of the Dragon and then a character's walking down the street and then in the corner you see Isaac Hempstead Wright, like just for a second. That'd be that would kind of blow people's minds. Although, depending on how they thought about season eight, maybe they wouldn't like that. Maybe they just want to feel like this is a totally different show very different but um i think that'd be pretty cool um maxwell maggio's what do you think the next spinoff will be well they got pretty far with uh the long night but it's sort of i talked about this during a video where it sort of seemed to flounder because it doesn't seem like it didn't seem like george was really on board with it um he was really pushing the dance of the dragons um that's actually something that if you read his blog notes he didn't seem to be very excited about long night but he was very he's very excited about this he changes when he talks about it, he uses like we and us versus them. He, he distances himself from the Long Night. But it got, um, Long Night got far enough that they did a one pilot and then reshot it. And that was the first one ordered. So that one's probably still in production somewhere. Um, if the House of the Dragon does really well, maybe they'll get back to it. Uh, some, some of the other ones George was talking about is um, there's, al there's always been the idea of Dunkin' Egg, but George is holding on to that because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to put he hasn't finished Dunkin' Egg. He hasn't gotten on the summer hall, so he doesn't want to put that one on the screen. That was one of the big things with making it the dance is it's a completed narrative already. You can just look up what happened. There's um there's no guesswork there. It's it's just there. You can just look it up. Um what are some of the other ones? Um I know there was a 
Robert Robert's Rebellion, I think, was one of them. Mm. I don't know. My 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 personal favorite would be Dunkin' Egg, but I know George is not going to let those go. Um, there's always Aegon's Conquest. If they want to do House of the Dragon and they finish the dance, they yeah, they could move on to Aegon's Conquest. They could do Jaehaerys and Alysanne. There's always the Blackfire Rebellions. Uh, the first one's the most interesting. I actually thought they might do the Blackfire Rebellions um, because it's low CGI, but it's basically the same story as the Dance of the Dragons. Plus, you get Blood Raven and you get Bitter Steel. You get all these like major characters from history that are super interesting. Um, they they got to sort of walk this weird line where whatever the next spinoff is, it's um it's it's probably going to be different from this one. Like I'm not, I'm not really sure. We'll have to see. One of the problems is that people tend to look at like the the lore of A Song of Ice and Fire and they go back and they read the read like um stuff from the World of Ice and Fire and, and all this other kind of stuff. And it's like it's interesting, like enough for a video or for like a nice essay. But to make a um oh, he said he wasn't Robert's Rebellion. My bad. I know he's not going to do Duncan Egg. I wanted to do Duncan Egg. I wish he would. But a lot of these, a lot of those older stories are not like fleshed out in any real way that you can convert them. That's one of the advantages of, of um, the Dance of the Dragons is that George released Fire and Blood and fleshed out more so it could actually be adapted. Um, that's one of those things that people run into that I think surprises them about George and his working process is they kind of expect him because it can be so detailed in places that he knows all of it. That it's all filled in in his head. He just hasn't got to it. And it's actually the opposite, where what most of what he puts down is more or less what you got. Um, and he likes to leave his options open. That's a big thing of his gardening style, where he doesn't like to um, firmly commit to things. He likes to give himself the freedom to change them in the future. Or he just, or the parts he hasn't written in, he just he's just not interested in. I think that was actually one of the big problems with The Long Night, is that um, I, I think you can read between the lines and see that what happened in the long night is really vague and it seems like they really struggled with trying to put together like a, a coherent age of heroes long night story and it seems to be because they went to george and said what happened and he said I, I don't know i just wrote a bunch of legends i don't really know yet when he gets there he'll write it but he had the opportunity and didn't want to like i think a lot of people don't put enough stock into the fact that while he's writing the winds of winter he got super interested and wrote fire and blood out of nowhere nobody was asking for it he just did it and that shows that he had extraordinary interest in it he didn't go he didn't go and write an extra book where he gave us 700 pages about the age of heroes or he didn't give us um another 900 pages on the history of the westerlands you know you kind of got to follow what his interest is and his interest is clearly targaryens um magor is possible magor and anis uh, the sons of the dragon i didn't particularly like those but i mean he clearly does um mushrooms backstory does he have a backstory i don't think so um yeah first blackfire rebellion would be the one i would adapt that one's the most interesting i, I don't think we're gonna get an exploration of planetas like a lomas long strider kind of thing i don't think that's gonna happen i mean uh bookshelf stuff really wants to to write the story of Cordes Valarion and his voyages and they sound really interesting but those are I, th I think I detailed this in my stream where we went like there's nine voyages and we only really know what happened in four and like I was just talking about I don't think it's not that George is holding it back he probably just hasn't figured out what it is yet and when he ever decides to that's when he'll write it um Robert's Rebellion is a miniseries that'd be pretty cool yeah shockweed that's what I was saying the long night show to tie those together and even figure out what the actual history is I mean like Ryan Connell and his writing team have a have a big job in front of them figuring out like even taking fire and blood and turning that into a cohesive narrative because 
go back and read that thing. There is not a lot of like characters talking to each other. There is not a lot of specific actions. There's not a lot of scenes. It's really just like the a history book version of the conflict. Turn that into like a Game of Thrones style show. That's gonna be very difficult. At least with um Dan and Dave in Game of Thrones, they had the pros, they had the scenes. They just had to turn them into TV. Condal's gonna have to do that plus write a, quite a lot of stuff in between. Long Night was just like, who knows? I do appreciate the the Muppet casting. I hope somebody's writing this down. This sounds super interesting. I'd love to see it on Twitter. Um, oh, super ch uh, PayPal here from Aaron M. Uh, let me pull it up. Apparently there's a question I have to answer. Let me log in real fast. The weird thing about the mobile app is it cuts off what people say, so I can only read part of it. It's always fault. It's just like, this is how it goes. So I go and open it here. And then I can see the full message. Um, happy holidays to the Quarren stream fam. Yes, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, okay, please answer commentator Amon's question about whether you see major characters being cut or combined. The cast is pretty extensive. So, okay, so major characters. That's kind of hard because the Dance of the Dragons has quite a lot of characters that die pretty quick. Like Rainies is being cast according to Illuminati, but we know she dies pretty fast into the dance. Um, she gets killed by. The dragons overhead. Aegon the second basically disappears for quite a lot of the dance. Um, so major characters that might be combined. Um, I am worried about Lara Strong. Um, the Illuminati post has Mysaria the White Worm being cast, and she's one of the major spy characters. Oh, but she works for Damon. Oh, <clears throat> let me need to get some water real fast. Um, uh, Throat was drying out a little bit there. Um, so there hasn't I haven't seen much talk at all about Lara Strong and what he's gonna get. Um, but he is a major character in the Dance of the Dragons. But if they're already casting Mysaria, <clears throat> you know, maybe they're going to come they're gonna set them up in opposition, kind of like Littlefinger and Varys. But that's that's one I am I am worried about. What are they gonna do with Laris? Old Laris the Clubfoot. Um other major characters, hmm. What would, what would be some they could get rid of? <coughs> um, I'm not sure if we'll get all of all three of Breakbone's kids. I mean, we'll definitely get Jaceri's, Lucerius probably. I'm not sure about Joffrey. Um, I'm hoping they do all three, but Joffrey really doesn't have a big role. And um, his role is basically just to die in King's Landing, which further drives Rhaenyra into grief and isolation, which kind of already happens with the first two. Um... Oh, sorry. Hit the mic there. Um, other major characters. Ooh, I am worried about the Blackwoods too. Black Alley and Benjakot are both amazing characters, but they they cut Game of Thrones cut the the Blackwoods entirely. They basically didn't exist. Are they going to do that again? I don't know because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting um stuff that happens in the Riverlands. As uh, Kristen Cole takes his army and they end up, I think, at Fish Feed and Butcher's Ball. But before that, there's there's a lot of um, Riverlander content that I'm not sure they're going to adapt. If they had to choose one, I think they would choose Black Alley over Benjikot. Hibbard's uh, turn to refer to Allison and three... Sarah's and Allison's three kids. Either a typo or they're cutting one. That's true. I kind of forgot. Um, so Blood and Cheese involves two of the kids. Then there's Aemon, one eye, and then there's, I think he has, a, yeah, I guess he does have, they do have four kids. Um, I know that they just get brutalized though in the story, like between blood and cheese and being ripped apart um, later in the dance. They don't really have big roles, but they just kind of do the same thing where they just serve to show the 
horrificness of the war and what it's doing to everybody. Actually, I'm look this, let me look this up. Let me look up their children. Aegon II. So we have um, Jaehaerys. Wait a second. Oh no, his brother is Aemond. That's right. That's right. I got that wrong. Um, Viserys' kids. Rhaenyra, Balon, Aegon, Helena, Aemon, Daron, and Tristane, Truefire, maybe. Um, Balon dies pretty young, so you got Aegon, Helena, Aemon, and Daron. Um, yeah, I could see Daron being cut. Oh, super chat from The Bittersteel, uh, $5. Um, thank you, very much appreciate it. Given the normal limitations of a show, some battles or events we left out, what events are you okay with if they don't show it on screen? Like, I think I speak for everybody, where I'm totally cool not seeing blood and cheese. If that's something that just happens off screen and we hear about it, cool. I don't want to see blood and cheese. Blood and cheese is incredibly fucked up. Um, I don't want to see a toddler's head chopped off. Um, they kept that off the screen for Game of Thrones. Um, we we don't see what happened to Rhaenys and Aegon. We don't see... Um, what is it? Um, oh, soup, uh, PayPal here from Bernie. Merry Christmas, Matt. Love you. Love you too, Bernie. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, that's on PayPal. Um, yeah, blood and cheese. I don't want to see anything like that. Uh, when they killed Tommen, they decided to jump off a building. You don't actually see him die. Um, uh, what's what's his older sister's name? It's um, it's Marcella. She dies pretty painlessly. George really went the other way in Fire and Blood. Um, there's also the death of um, Aegon's. The child that survives Blood and Cheese then gets ripped apart at um, later in the Dance of the Dragons. Not excited to see that one. Please, God, no. Um, what other events would I be okay with them not showing on the screen? Um, there's quite a lot of about after the fall of King's Landing that I just kind of like, I felt like skipping through, like with Gaiman, uh, Pale Hair and Tristan Truefire and the Prophet and how King's Landing like falls into chaos. It's almost like, it's almost like George like took a diversion from the Dance of the Dragons for like a couple chapters and, uh, with Perkin the Flea and all those characters until Cregan shows up and hours of the wolves have everything and set things right. That part went on quite a long time in the book and I would be okay seeing some of that cut down. Um, not my favorite. It's almost like a different, it would almost be like a different TV show at that point because the rest of the dance sort of goes on pulled while King's Landing falls through different factions. Um, it doesn't have to like all go away, but I would appreciate it being shortened, <laughs> maybe less of the claimants. Um, but that's just me personally. I was kind of, and then the, I remember that it was, um, this sort of tell sort of goes into how far will house of the dragon go into the dance because, uh, parts that he added in fire and blood, uh, onto the rogue prince and the princess and the queen was a lot of the information about Aegon the third and, um, Viserys coming back from Lys and the, um, all the stuff with Gorman peak being just the absolute worst. Um, Cregan briefly being his hand, and then one of the Manderleys shows up. That whole thing was, um, that was just political drama at that point. I'm not even sure if we'll get to that part. I mean, like, the first season seems pretty clear. We're going to see, like, the start of the dance, and that'll, that might be it. Like, if they're casting Rainies, that tells you we're at least going to get into um, probably her death. <laughs> Jonathan Price is the shepherd. Yeah, bring back all the old actors. Perfect. Love it. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they didn't even show Shireen's death. That is something the characters reacted to. Um, I am in no way excited for those. Uh, other major parts that may be cut. Um, we we may not see Damon as um, King of the Step Zones. That may be something they do off screen. And the, his war against the Triarchy and him using uh, Melees to burn everybody 
and the war against the pirates and everything that happens on the stepstones. I think that'd be super interesting to see in terms of giving us a different side of Damon because he's going to be very charming when he's at court. He's going to try very hard to make sure that Viserys and Rhaenyra like him and the rest of the counselors and then sneer at some of them. But it's really his actions on the stepstones that gives you kind of the other side of the coin of Damon and um, just how brutal and bloodthirsty he is during that just um, flying over and burning people by by the hunt, by the dozens or hundreds, destroying all the little settlements on the Stepstones in order to claim it for himself. Um, I think that would be interesting, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get that or if we get a very abbreviated version. Oh, thanks, Bittershield. Um, have a good afternoon. We got about 20 minutes left. Uh, you guys have anything I haven't gotten to um, about the dance, the casting, whatever. Throw it in the chat. We'll roll through them. Um, let's see here. What else did I put down? I kind of got to most of these already. Um, oh, um, the thing about Alicent that I'm I'm interested to see is how they're going to play her, because as she's written in Fire and Blood, she's supposed to seem like a Marjorie that does not get killed, basically, and grows up. Um, the relationship of her with Otto Hightower and the way that the Hightowers are sort of acting like the Tyrells in the War of the Five Kings is, is pretty spot on. So I'm kind of curious how they're going to differentiate Alicent versus Marjorie and how Olivia is going to play her. Is it going to be like the same kind of thing? That's one of those things that I, I am kind of worried about is um how are they going to differentiate these characters? They really need to. Like if you read Rhaenyra, it's so easy to read Danny and Cersei in her. You read Alicent Hightower, it's so easy to see Olena Tyrell and Marjorie. So because that's just the way George works. So how exactly are they going to separate them and make them their own without making them feel like retreads of the same characters and the same conflict? That's going to be really hard for them to do. Um, hey, Poseidon, how's it going? I'm sure I've gotten more comments since then on my video about how people don't like it. Um, uh, especially the um, older Allison, if they're going to do a time jump. It's um, it's not super clear exactly when Allison goes from just being like a normal person to being like kind of the shithead she's portrayed as in Fire and Blood. Is there like a specific moment? Is it like the, is it her feud with Rhaenyra that ends up pushing her that way? Or is she always that way? That, that would be something interesting to see. Um, Isabel Lamego says, Will HBO finally hype Targaryen Valyrian Seal? Will we see Dark Sister and Blackfire? Yes, we will see them. Um, Dark Sister held by Aim, no, held by um, Damon Targaryen. He has Dark Sister. Who is Blackfire during this? Hang on a second. Does anybody, when it, who holds Blackfire during the dance? It's not lost because it gets get, get given to Damon and they retrieved it from Magor. Aegon the second had it. Oh, he took. Oh, that's messed up. Um, so Aegon kind of disappears from the story for quite a bit after attacking Rhaenys. Uh, he gets crushed by Sunfire and goes into hiding with Blackfire. But he's not. He's kind of an interesting character in this because it's weird to think that the Rebel King is not a major character in his own rebellion, and he's kind of not. He doesn't really do a lot. He gets kind of. According to Fire and Blood, he gets talked into becoming king uh, by Otto and Alicent tell him that Rhaenyra is going to kill him, which is really no indication he was going to. Maybe Damon would have. That's actually the real threat is they're like, Damon's going to kill you as soon as he's in power, which knowing Damon, maybe he would. But Aegon, he gets crushed under Sunfire and then disappears for almost all the dance. He really only reappears at the end um, with Rhaenyra on Dragonstone. So, and he's the one that has Blackfire. So that one's going to be off screen. But with Damon being cast as a lead with Matt Smith, we're going to see a lot of Dark Sister. And I'm, yeah, I'm curious if they'll actually show off that it's Valyrian Steel. 
like um we saw ice and long claw in the in game of thrones and they weren't visually different than any other sword the only difference is that when Jon snow swung it it killed others in whites and that was kind of it um seeing a um and, and brienne with uh with Oathkeeper. that was kind of it they, did, they had fancy handles but valyrian steel is supposed to look very very different um, that'd be really cool if they played that up for Damon and Dark Sister. Aegon, yeah, he just he just kind of disappears with Blackfire. Another another show with no Blackfire. Damn. Um, women character types can only be two or three personality types. That responds to me or something else. Um, that is one of the things they're they're really gonna they're really gonna struggle with. A lot of these characters, they're gonna have to they have to put in more than just their actions and what they did in the history version of the dance. Um, I, I really do want to see how they're going to differentiate these characters from the archetypes George already gave them and the ones he wrote them in as. Um, yeah, Dawn was not good. They just put a fancy pommel on it when it's supposed to be like alive with light or something like that. Um, I would enjoy seeing the difference of Valyrian steel. Um, I mean, that, that's one of Damon's big things is that um, actually, if you go back and look at it, it says that Aegon the Conqueror for most most of his for his life and for a long time afterwards the symbol of his power is not blackfire it was balerion the black dread and balerion's dead by the start of the dance and it's at that point um this is sort of a thing that Visenya sort of made she made the case that magor should be the true heir versus anis because he has he had the sword he had blackfire but he, more importantly he had balerion he had the Black Dread, the, the dragon of the Conqueror, the, the dragon that roasted Harrenhal. Um, and over time, the sword became considered like the Sword of Kings because he couldn't pass down Beleriand anymore, or you couldn't be a dragon rider anymore. It sort of stood in for it. But uh, Aegon's not even noted to be a good warrior. It's said that he basically never used it. When he did his fighting, he did it from atop his dragon, which, yeah, of course, that's what he would do. It was, uh, it was largely Jaehaerys that um that sort of started the tradition of trying to make blackfire sort of the symbol of the king when he used he trained all the time um he went and personally killed the vulture king well according to the story anyway who knows if he actually did um but it's yeah it's largely viserys i mean uh Jaehaerys and afterwards that made it more important but viserys didn't give a crap about having blackfire himself uh viserys the first he even had balerion but um, it wasn't really a big deal to him. Kind of interesting though. Um, we'll see if there's any if there's liter if there's any importance given to Blackfire at all. Um, that's one of those things where they're important now because there's so few of them. But the Targaryens were one of the forty families of the Valyrian Freehold. Um, the swords are so much more expensive now because the Freehold is gone. There's no one left to make them. So it's like kind of by rarity they've gotten more valuable. But I mean the Targaryens came to Westeros with two Valyrian steel swords. It seems like kind of arbitrary that Blackfire was this. It, I think it. I don't think it was like meant to be the sword of the king. It was Aegon's sword personally. Visenya had dark sister, and because Aegon was the one of the the three of them that ended up being the ruling monarch because of the um the misogyny in Westeros, that it ended up becoming the symbol of the king. But I don't think it started out that way. Yeah, the swords really only became important when Damon Blackfire named himself after one. When there's no dragons anymore, then the swords matter. Although it is kind of funny that um, with the duel of Damon and Aemon, that um, that it's not a dragon that kills Aemon, it's uh, it's Dark Sister. Unwin Peak. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. It's Unwin Peak. F screw Unwin Peak. I don't want to see him. He is such an asshole. I imagine Damon is noted as like showing off Dark Sister a lot. That's like one of his favorite things along with his dragons, so... 
um that would be kind of cool especially if matt smith um damon's supposed to be a peerless warrior he's supposed to be like impossible to beat in a duel dark shuster or not so smith's gonna have to learn to do some sword fighting yep. uh sasuke says i wonder if they're gonna be doing going to all the peak stuff before an in king's landing uh but he gets started with the caltrops i'm not sure if they'll do hammer and ulf um i don't think we'll get the caltrops and i don't we, i doubt we'll get Aegon the third during the first season um if the show takes off then it can be they can really drag it out after a certain point the dance goes on for quite a long time um so i i would guess they're not gonna what's his name um the guy in charge of hbo he was talking about house of the dragon coming out and how he was saying he wants it to be kind of like the new star wars or the new uh, marvel he wants to make a whole series out of it so if if you get to Aegon the third and the call traps in the first season like there's not much left to go on at that point yeah no king and valir just there was an emperor afterwards and then before that it was a um like a roman senate idea kind of the freehold the freehold miss is really a misnomer there um got about uh nine minutes left you guys got anything else throw it in the chat anything about the casting i wish i had more to say about olivia cook and emma darcy and um and patty considine but um yeah I'd, i've i haven't really seen much with them in it um the only thing i've i recognize patty considine from hot fuzz that's probably where most people know him from um but i haven't seen much of the other productions they've been in and actually seeing emma's will be kind of hard because she's noted to be mostly on um a theater actor there's a few things she's been in. That's one of those things, um, as we get closer to House of the Dragon, I mean, we know it's not coming out till 2022, so we got time. <laughs> we got time before we get there. But I wanted to see what other things the main cast has been in. Um, also, Ryan Condal, he had his show Colony. Uh, that's something I haven't heard much about. I know some people have gone and watched it to get a sense of his writing style. Um, he also did that Rampage movie. God help me. May I watch that too um how are we doing for likes uh we're at 97 likes at the moment um no hat today it doesn't look like fair enough that's how it goes um honestly house of the dragon stuff tends to be lower in views and like for streams and stuff like that um but i don't really care it's just it just happens that way i mean house of the dragon most people did not read fire and blood actually we the mods on a song of ice and fire did polls and we tried to figure out how many people have read stuff other than the main series and it's a surprisingly small amount that have of people that have read anything other than books one, two, five. Um, the World of Ice and Fire, Dunkin' Egg, Rogue Prince, Princess and the Queen, um, Fire and Blood itself. It's it's not a huge amount. Um, so until the show comes up, and if it's successful, at that point it will be maybe it'll be like Game of Thrones again, and there'll be tons of people interested. But right now it's um you know it, I do it because it's interesting. I do it because I like Fire and Blood. Um, I enjoyed the story behind it. I actually wasn't around for the start of Game of Thrones. I didn't become interested until a few seasons in. So it's actually a lot of fun for me personally to see the stuff starting up because you, you can go and look back at the other stuff like um, with um, like using the Internet Wayback Machine and see what people were behaving like when it was first getting cast. Like actually the first post on A Song of Ice and Fire the board is um from the power of geek and it was about ned stark being cast as sean bean or sean Bean being cast as ned stark maybe it's the other way around i don't know but that was the first post on the board and it's really it's a lot of fun for me being able to see the stuff develop as it's happening um getting it on the like the ground floors on of the of a fandom that kind of thing because house of the dragons can be very different from uh from game of thrones i mean you assume that a lot of the same people are going to come back but it's got a, 
it's it's actually it's actually kind of surprising that Dan and Dave didn't go for the Dance of the Dragons. It's kind of what they wanted to do with uh, a Song of Ice and Fire to begin with. It's lowish fantasy, just has a bunch of dragons, and it's mostly politics and characters. Um, oh, you people, uh, anime lover Nicole has seen him in. I saw now. I now I good. Is that a movie or something? Uh, Doran Stein saw him in a movie did with Dakota Fanning. Maybe it's the same one. Maybe you guys are talking about the same thing. Um, oh, you never heard of the Internet Wayback Machine? Yeah, go look it up. You can go see what websites looked look like back in the day. Nothing disappears from the Internet. You can choose like in. Actually, I've used that when I've been researching theories, like do the Internet Wayback Machine on um, like wikis and stuff like that and see where the changes have happened. He's um, in Death of Stalin. I've I've seen Death of Stalin in clips on YouTube. It looks funny, but also grim, like a dark comedy. Um, Shockweed, controversial opinion. I don't think Nettles was a dragon seed at all. I think she tamed a dragon through conditioning. No Valyrian blood necessary. Sheep stealer is the Pavlov's dog's dog of dragons. Um, yeah, I mean, it's very possible she is not a dragon seed. That um, she's supposedly from Hull, which makes you think that she may be um, like Corlys Velaryon after Lainor and Lena die. He just magically comes up because he didn't want the strong kids to inherit. So he magically comes up with Adam and Alan of, of uh, Hull and that are supposedly Lenor's bastards, but they're pretty clearly Corlys's. And if he had one bastard, why couldn't he have another? Um, although if the the news about Corlys being um, being cast as, an, as a person of color and then Nettles is a person of color, too, maybe they're going to make the connection between Corlys and Nettles most more explicit. Um, that's one route they could be going for why they would choose that. But I do agree that I don't I don't think it's like somebody had to tame the first dragon, right? And presumably they didn't have dragon blood because they didn't tame them yet. So maybe they maybe Nettles is just demonstrating how it worked for the first Valyrians or the first um, the first humans in history that tamed a dragon. The same kind of thing. It's the taming works the same pretty much no matter what kind of animal you're talking about. Give it food, be nice to it. Um, yeah, I could see it go either way with Nettles. Um, Nettles is going to be a super interesting character. I saw people um, before any of this was announced that they wanted Nettles to have to this show to be based around Nettles. And I think that would be a very interesting story, especially because um, Nettles is one of the small folk, or at least um, as she's written, maybe she is a highborn bastard like John, but seeing her perspective and following her around in the dance i would love to see that um <laughs> carl says what do you think about the last season of game of thrones well we don't have enough time for that um i enjoyed the last season of game of thrones it was um i don't think it was the best season by a long shot um i am sure i will like the winds of winter a lot more but it was um entertaining tv and i could follow the plot and i I mean, like that face I just made probably summarizes like I thought it was I thought it was good. I didn't think it was like awesome. I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was the best thing I've ever seen. It was like it was good TV. It wasn't the best TV, basically. That's one of those things that's always funny when people try to um, like paint how they think I reacted to season eight. Like they have this idea that I was like cheerleading it. And I had the best time. And it was the best thing I've ever seen. Like yeah, I've been pretty clear. I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was like the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I have several videos about my opinion of it. It's um not the best season of Game of Thrones by a long shot. It may be the worst season of Game of Thrones, but even then, that's like a high bar. The worst season of Game of Thrones is a lot better than most seasons of most TVs. Like the best seasons, I mean, the worst season of Game of Thrones is better than the best seasons of quite a lot of TV shows. So that's kind of what I think. Um, yes, pet, pet sheep stealer on the head. That's what you want. Death of Stalin is great. 
Oh, maybe I should check it out. I, uh, I've only seen clips of it. It seemed pretty funny. Very grim. Very, very grim. Um, I mean, obviously, George is going to write it different. Of course, he's going to. They didn't have what he wrote because he hasn't done it yet. So that's also how George works. Um, he changes things. He writes to inspiration. So he has a general idea of where he's going, but the specifics of how they got there um, will be different. I've never seen Lost, but I know people did not like the end of Lost. Well, if you believe Daenerys, then the dragons are just are, are cute boys that you can just sort of scratch the head of, and they're very, very happy. Um, Sean Bean is more Ned Stark than Ned Stark. I believe that's true. Um, I'm actually surprised in like the Fantasy Flight games and the illustrations from the from the different things that they didn't just draw Sean Bean. That's one of those that's one of those instances. Actually, since we were talking about it, that's one of those instances where the um, the casting is way better than the character that's written. Like Sean Bean embodies Ned Stark so much that I, I cannot separate them in my head. Um, but he does not really look much like book Ned Stark. Book Ned Stark is quite a lot younger. Uh, different facial features, all those other kind of things, but he plays the part so well and it seems so natural to him that he is Ned Stark. It doesn't really matter what the what the book description of him is. He is Ned Stark to me. Um, oh, that's about four o'clock. So, um, you know, any last comments, throw them out there or else uh, I'm going to end the stream in a couple minutes. So after the stream is over, I'm going to set to live the five year gap video. Um, that's that, that one's short. That's only about five minutes. And then I'm going to get working on the, um, on my tattered prints thing. And also the threadless stuff, uh, got some merchandise coming out. Um, so I would look for at least one video coming in the next week, the full one, the tattered prints one, maybe two, if I have the time for it, I've, I have quite a lot of time off. Um, I took a lot of time off for my birthday, so I'm going to be using that productively. Well, I guess, is YouTube productive? Maybe. Was this productive two hours? I don't know. Um, so yeah, if, uh, if you didn't see it, I put out a video earlier today um, about the casting itself. We talked about it quite a lot here, but if you want to see a more focused version and especially more talk about Damon and what he looks like, um, it's only about a 12 minute long video. Check that out. Let me, let me get the uh, link for you. It is in the description, but if you're watching this back. Um, Yep, five-year gap video later in just, just like 10 minutes or something like that if you want to watch it. Um, look forward to more future House of the Dragon casting, and I will see you guys later. Have a good weekend and happy holiday. I am unsure if I'm going to be doing a stream after Christmas. I might not. I don't think I will. I have to work on Christmas, so it's going to be shitty. Anyway, 